Hi, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. You've just heard three songs. These were Toaka with Disco Disco. Next, we played Rubens with Mateki. And finally, we heard Korean indie rock band MGFF or MacGuffin with their song simply titled Ping. Speaking of Korean indie artists, right now we're going to cut to a very special interview with the wonderful and talented Meaningful Stone. We talked about her recent performances in Sydney and Brisbane, translating lyrics, her favourite artists growing up, her experience acting in her first movie, and lastly, some hints at new music for next year. Without further ado, I'll pass the mic to Pass Tracy to introduce her. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. My name is Tracy and I am so, so, so honoured to be here with an artist whose music I absolutely adore. If you are at all acquainted with the Korean indie music scene at the moment, I'm sure you've come across our guest. And if you're not familiar with her music yet, I strongly, strongly urge you to check it out after this interview. In 2020, she put out her first album, A Call From My Dream, which earned her Rookie of the Year at the Korean Music Awards. Committee member Lee Moon-sun described her music as strange and beautiful, refined but raw, cheerful but heavy, singing songs in a way that is sometimes profound, sometimes witty and sometimes simple. And that is a description that I really think encompasses her music very well. Since her first album, she has since released an alternative rock and garage-inspired EP called Cobalt and several singles. Last year, around this time, she released Kido, Trash and Psychomania. And this year, in April, she released The Fifth Spring, returned to the folk genre of her debut album. Last month, very, very recently, she came down to Australia for the inaugural South by Southwest Sydney Music Festival. And next week, she'll be heading straight off to Taipei and Manila to do some more shows there. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Meaningful Stone <laughs> to Asian Pop Nation. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. I want to ask, are you, you look like you're back in Korea right now. Yeah, um, I'm finally in Korea and I want to go back to yeah. Sydney. Yeah. I saw on your Instagram that you really, really enjoyed Sydney. What do you miss the most about Australia uh, and Sydney, I guess? The first thing is weather. <laughs> Korea is getting getting cold and it, the winter is coming. Yeah, yeah. But Australia is getting warm and it's it's going to be a summer these days. So yes. I feel like taking a time machine going back to early 2023. So yeah, I love the weather. I I really love the big trees and and the the green yard. I saw that you also went to Brisbane. I was invited to have a show. I wanted to make more shows. Of course, Sydney, I love it, but I want you know Australia is kind of a it's really big country. Yeah. I wanted to go Melbourne, but I had some schedule <laughs> in Korea, so uh, I chose Brisbane. I also worried about it's a small countryside yeah. Brisbane compared with Sydney and Melbourne. So mm-hmm. it, what if there's no one coming to my show? <laughs> but I met a lot of fans in Brisbane and they yeah. were so adorable and I was so thankful to to my fans coming to Brisbane there were fans who's from Melbourne to, yeah. to my show so wow yeah I thought Brisbane in my memory it's a really small and cute and also peaceful, <laughs> yeah. peaceful side damn even I've never been to Brisbane but yeah no one goes there so I think they really appreciate anyone who goes there Oh, I was, it's very strange to see someone not go to Melbourne, but it's okay. It means you can come back. You can come yeah. back. We'll forgive you if you come back to Australia. Come back. 
In terms of smaller shows, do you like that better than playing big festival crowds? Oh, I think it's really different with, you know, the big festivals or the small venues, like acoustic shows. But I think for me, big festivals, I really love to play with the crowds. Mm-hmm. I like to shout and I love to see people like they're getting crazy. But at the small shows, I think I love the small shows better than <laughs> than the big yeah. festivals. I'd like to meet a lot of crowds, but for me, I'd like to see my fans like eye to eye. I like to have a conversation with music. I also love the small concert and with the acoustic sessions. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a really different, um, different vibe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because obviously with festival crowds, you have your band as well. Whereas with smaller shows, it's just you and your guitar. I've heard some musicians describe like the so far sounds um, concerts as being scary because they're not used to playing in such an intimate show. Like if you if you make a mistake, everyone can hear. But it's good to hear that you really enjoy them because listening to your discography, it seems like half of it is like for festival crowds and half of it is for intimate crowds because you have, um, you do both genres really, really well. You do alternative rock, like nice and heavy, very 90s inspired alternative rock. Mm-hmm. And you also do very lush, very beautiful folk music. What's it like to translate your louder alternative rock sounds to mm-hmm. like a smaller venue or performing your quieter songs to a larger venue? Do you feel like they, like, is it different? Mm, yeah, because, because, you know, I'm not really a, I'm not really shouting musician. I think my voice are mostly, I, I'd like to whisper. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to make it like a dreamy. Yes, dreamy definitely. Sounds. So especially when I do folk, acoustic mm. sessions, I feel myself to concentrate on yeah. my inner self. So it makes me get myself into the music more than having a, you know rock shows. But I met my friends. And they told me, like, I like you playing acoustic alone more than rock. So, like, it might be a really different feelings. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think people like me <laughs> doing rock, but I want to be, like, more peaceful. I want to concentrate on me and my music alone. So it's a really different feeling. When you're playing shows, uh, do you find that there are certain songs that the crowd just really, really goes crazy for? It's it's dancing in the rain. Dancing in the rain. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Nice. It doesn't have a long lyrics. And it keeps dun, repeating. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and people can sing it together, sing along together. Most of the festivals should be not rainy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because if it's raining, people have to wear the, you know, the, the raincoat. Rain jacket. Yeah. But after I released Dancing in the Rain, I started to love the rainy days. I was really surprised because I was expecting you to say beep boop beep boop because ah. you've described it before as like your biggest hit. Mm-hmm. And that song is very interesting to me because it sounds, if you don't know the lyrics at all, you listen to it, you think it's very cute. But actually when you look up the lyrics, they're actually about death. Right. Can you talk more about that, like the meaning behind the song? When I just turned 20, I moved my home to Seoul to go to the university. I yeah. moved my house alone. And when I just started to live in Seoul, I think I realized the reality. It really depressed me that sometimes when you just walk, walk on the yeah. road, you could just accidentally get crushed because I felt like 
especially in Seoul, people are so working hard and they don't really think about the death because if you think about the death and you become like more philosophy, I, I guess. Yeah, philosophical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people try to think how should they live mm-hmm. better than better than now. Yeah, better than so they're I doing now. I thought the world is so depressing me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make a will. Before I die, I wanted to make a will. And at that moment, it was 2015. And yep. that was the time the Korea society had a big issues about political oh, things. Like crisis. Yeah, yeah, like a crisis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There was really big issues at that moment. I heard so, about this. Yeah. Yeah. And I had also the same issues on me. I thought it's really related on our death, people's mm-hmm. death. So I don't want to be... I don't want to be sacrificed, sacrificed yeah. by politicians. So oh. that's why I may, I wanted to make a will, which is made out of music. Yeah. So I wrote it on the lyrics that if I die someday, I don't want to sacrifice my money. I don't want to sacrifice by other people. Yeah. So it's 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 a will. <laughs> <laughs> you were like 22 when you released this and you, you're already writing your will that's crazy to me oh but yeah. yeah listening to it i thought it was about like being independent because it's mm-hmm. like the way they translated it it was like i don't want to die for someone else's pain i don't want to die for someone else's money but it makes more sense when you describe it as being about being part of a political system How do you feel about the fact that a lot of your fans are foreign fans and so they can't really fully understand your lyrics because your lyrics are such a key part of your music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because I hope they understand Koreans, but I think it doesn't matter they like my songs, whether if it's because of the lyrics or not. I just feel good if they like my music like just for melodies or my voices. But I hope people can understand it someday if they really love me a lot, then maybe yeah. they can search it, Korean translated to English. And I think as a fan, the best thing ever is when you do shows with Arirang because they translate everything. And no, no other place does that, <laughs> translates to English. Whoever does oh. their translations does them oh, really, really well. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask, when did you realize that you had a huge following overseas? Like, wh- what was the events that made you realize that you had a lot of fans overseas? Uh, maybe for Spotify for artists, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They have a good system to, yeah, to, yeah. to know. To see. To like, see. what country. Uh, yeah. Like, but, but it's a number. Yeah, yeah. But... I think it was the time that I released Dancing in the Rain, the, the Cobalt album. I think that was the point that I knew that there was a lot of foreign fans who also listened to my music. Because in uh, 2020, I didn't know that I had a fan in Korea also. You know, that was my... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, Even though you won all those awards. Mm-hmm. But awards are, I think, awards are just awards. Awards are given from the Korean music. Uh, the critics. Critics, yes. So maybe at that 2021 or 22, I think that was the time. And, and 
a lot of foreign fans they they give me DM or or oh, yeah. they post. Mm-hmm. Do you respond to your DMs? Uh, not every time, but I tried. I tried to. Oh, really? No, that's rare. Actually, that's pretty rare. But I read it at oh. least. I, I read them all. That's very important information. Um, if you're a listener of this show and you want to give um, meaningful stone a message, send her a DM. She'll read it. Yeah, I'm gonna read it. Oh, uh, that's really nice. You've mentioned before that you wrote Psychomania in English mm-hmm. because you were hoping that you could reach more of your foreign fans that way. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to write in English? <laughs> you know, writing is more more. It's it's really difficult than speaking. Yes, and I don't read English books these days, so I just wrote it like I just wrote it like a Korean, like blah blah blah. I don't know that it is correct or not grammarly, but I just write it without you know thinking. And just before recording that song, just before yeah. one hour before the recording, I told my friend who is American, I called her like, "Hey, can you just take this?" <laughs> Grammarly, correct? <laughs> I need it really quickly because I'm here to record it and I really need your help. And she said, okay, okay, I get it. And she just make it grammarly correct. Yeah. She said, there's not really much to edit. Oh, yeah. She there's not much what? else to add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was already perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was like, I'm so happy. I'm so violently happy. She yeah. said, like, it's not really easy to write korean writing that english lyrics but i just wrote it like without thinking (laughs) i think it's cool like especially when that line specifically i'm so violently happy is that a reference to bjork yeah 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 Yeah. i love love her song i really love her song yes i saw in a previous interview you mentioned that you really liked her growing up and i was like oh people in korea know bjork like that's so do you listen to a lot of foreign musicians growing up? Uh, not these days, <laughs> but I, yeah. I did when I was sixteen and seventeen. First, I really loved her debut debut album. I really admire her for a role model because she doesn't care about genre. Yes, I think a lot of musicians like Björk. Um, mm-hmm. She's very cool. In terms of when you grew up around 15, 16, what other artists were you listening to around that time? Oh, so many. I also like Taylor Swift. Oh, really? She came to Korea when I was like 18 years old. Wow. Well, I, I touched her her shoulders, I remember. <laughs> 2014. Wow, she's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, in Korea. And I loved her songs too. And, and I loved Cardigans too, the Cardigans. Yes. And I really love Korean indie music too. Korean indie scene, like there's a Sonu Jonga. Yes. I also love Sonu Jonga. Yeah, yeah. Very much. Sonu Jonga and also Taori. Yes. I was going to say that a lot of your songs from the Kobat album and also yeah. like Psychomania remind me of Chao Rim. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I think they're so cool. <laughs> I also get inspired. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. And, and when I was elementary school, I loved Avery Loving most. I was <laughs> Avery Loving Kids. Yeah. Until I think I everyone like, wants to be her. Yeah. The coolest like girl of the 2000s, probably. Right. You've done a lot of collaborations um, with other people in the indie scene. And speaking of collaborations, I wanted to ask about actually a non-musical collaboration you did recently. You recently acted in a movie mm-hmm. called 
Hangugi Shiroso because I hate yeah. Korea. <laughs> and I wanted to ask, how did that happen? Like, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> the director, he just contacted me on email. Yeah. He loved my music and he saw my love my music videos. He's searching kind of like a character like me. And he wanted to, he liked to have a film with the amateur. He loved to do with other people who's amateur and also professional. So he contacted me. He told me like, I'm searching an artist like you who seem really free. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely do seem free. He just wanted to act myself, not a different character. So he's like, hey, just be yourself. And I just feel okay that if you're doing whatever you like on that yeah, film. Yeah. So I feel really comfortable to having my first acting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Did you know the director before? Uh, I knew his films before, yeah. but I didn't know the director. So I was surprised that how I'm not an actor. So how could he <laughs> know my, you know, my acting? Yeah, no, that's good. Do you think you'll act again? Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to. <laughs> I guess I should ask you, what's coming up for you next? I know you're a very busy person, so... You're playing Taipei in Manila, but in terms of music releases, can we expect anything early next year? Um, I'm still writing songs and I have a lot of unreleased songs. So now I'm planning to release a second full-length album. So maybe end of the next year, maybe I guess. <laughs> nice. What do you think is the vibe of this new album? Like when did you write most of these songs? I wrote a lot of songs last year. Right. There was a rock songs and also folk songs. So I think the mood is, it, it's kind of different with the call from my dream. <laughs> but it, it feels like the mixing with the fifth spring and dancing in the rain. <laughs> no, we are definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Very excited to hear that it will be coming maybe potentially end of next year. And I guess final question would be, in terms of people who may not be familiar with you or, and want to learn more about you, um, where can they check you out on social media? I have an Instagram ID. And, yep. you know, I, I uploaded Australia vlog last night. I didn't put on my Instagram. I'm going to do it tonight. But okay. yeah, it's kind of like a small feel. I can't wait to watch that. Next up, we're going to be playing three songs, all chosen by Meaningful Stone herself. Um, I'll let her introduce the first one. Hi, my name is Meaningful Stone, and I want to recommend my song, A Call From My Dream. Nice. What can you tell us about this song in particular? It's a love song. It's not a simple love song, actually. It's, it's, a, it's a, actually, it's a God love. And yeah. I just want you guys feel just love. When you're listening, I just want people to feel comfortable and peaceful. And I hope your day is beautiful. 